The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And the screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill. I'm ready. It's a dangerous Sorry. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Sorry. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who on this town tonight. Hey, welcome to the Kwame Lockett Sports Talk. It's a Monday, not a bad Monday. Well, I wouldn't say that. Depends on who you are, how you are. What you going through? But last time I talked to you, it was a good Friday. I don't know what that day means to you, whatever. hope it was a good Friday. I like to call it Happy Hour Friday. Yesterday was Easter. Again, 2,000-year-old holiday. Some people say it's pagan. After 2,000 years, can it be? Could it be? Should it be? But I hope you enjoy your Easter Sunday. Uh, it was a good day. Day to relax, chill, go do some golfing, do whatever, do whatever you do. But I hope it was good. Um... But it is a Monday. We are live. 888-346-9144 is the show you want to talk about. we got a lot of basketball to talk about. I hope you guys have been watching basketball. Um, but before we get into that, I do want to talk about the Knicks. Before we get into the Knicks, I should say, I want to talk about boxing a little bit. Um, I didn't even see the um, Manny Pacquiao-Bradley fight. I didn't see that at all. I watched the first one. Didn't see the second the rematch, which Pacquiao won. Then I found out Bernard Hopkins is still fighting. And I say still fighting because the guy's 49 years old, and he won. He's called the executioner for a reason, but it should be more of a technician, the way he goes in the ring at 49 years old and just don't take hard shots, do not get punched solidly uh, while he's in the ring. Um, but I, don't, I, just, I just don't find boxing that much interesting anymore. Unless Mayweather. Mayweather puts on a good show. By that, he does a 24-7 with the HBO and all those things that leads up to the fight. So it makes it interesting. It gets you involved with that. And plus, he, plus he's entertaining, uh, to say the least. But he does, you know, the guy's undefeated. He does keep it interesting leading up to the fight when life happens. And life happens with him where he's spending a few days and a few months in jail. Um but I don't find boxing that much interesting. I lost interest in when the heavyweights. There's no real heavyweights. You could talk about the two. Um, what are what are these guys' name? I don't even know anymore. Or oh, can't remember. I should say the two heavyweights, the, the brothers. Mm, it'll come to me while I look it up. Or maybe I won't. But when Don King started doing all the promoting, when boxing was fixed, when you watch with your own eyes and you see it was obvious. When it was obvious that one fighter dominated the fight and how could the score be what it was at the end when boxing became corrupt. And I thought it became a corrupt in that facet right there that I just mentioned as far as the as far as the um, the scorecards, the scorekeeping. So if I watch any boxing, it probably will be a Mayweather. But I thought boxing was at, was at its best when heavyweights fought. Who was or Roy Jones Jr. Those type of guys. So I guess it's more 
I'm more of a flashy type watching those guys. So Mayweather, Roy Jones, before he started getting knocked out and punched drunk. But Mike Tyson was the last, in my opinion, exciting fighter to watch. Even though it might have went 45 seconds in a 10-round fight, Mike Tyson was the last. It just became corrupt, in a sense, when all the nonsense started happening. Speaking of boxing, um, Hurricane Carter, that's Ruben Hurricane Carter, one of the top middleweights, spent 18 years in prison. You know the story if you watch the movie. Um, pretty good movie played by Denzel Washington. Ruben Hurricane Carter accused of murder, uh, was exonerated of, of that charge um, by a book that he wrote by some help from a kid, um, a young kid from Brooklyn and some Canadians. Have you seen this? Have you seen the movie? You know what I'm talking about. But Reuben Hurricane um, Carter passed away over the weekend, I believe it was Friday or over the weekend. Passed away. Um, a guy who, when I talked about the sport being fixed, a guy who arguably was the best middleweight in his time, uh, but was in prison for some. Trumped up charges that uh, didn't allow him, but eventually he ended up getting the his title belt, and that was the title belt of fighting the not only the the uh, injustice that was done to him, but being exonerated for the uh, murder, eighteen years of murder charges that he was uh, pinned up against. All right, well, let's get into some New York Knicks basketball before I get into the playoffs. Eight 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 three four six nine one four four. I also want to do the. Um, I also want to start spotlighting kids too. I don't know if I'm gonna do it on Fridays, but when I'm a, I don't know which day I'm gonna do it on. But I'm gonna start spotlighting kids. There's one kid in particular uh, that I'm gonna talk about in a few minutes is uh, Morian Walker Jr., running back out of San Jose Valley Christian High School. We'll get it. We'll get into that and get a little bit more. Um, get a little more insight on on him. The six one kid, 195. They're making these kids different, but it makes a difference when you got the. Um, when you got the people around you, I, I talk a lot of time. It's easy to be successful when you got the right people around you, it's, and it's just as easy to fail when you got the wrong people around you. So, I get into a little bit more about uh, Morian Walker Jr., San Jose kid. Uh, what is he, a junior this year? In fact, one more year. College is out there scouting him. Obviously, if it's a good talent, they're going to find you right away. They're going to keep you on their radar and. On the Kwamalasa Sports Talk here at Voice America Sports, we want to we want to do the same thing. New York Knicks fire their head coach. They fire Mike Woodson about two days ago, two or three days ago. And if you're the head coach, not only did they fire Mike Woodson, they fired the entire staff. Which is the right thing to do, in my opinion. If you're coming in, you're going to clean house, get rid of everybody, bring in a new regime. But let's talk about who this person is. They, they fired Mike Wilson, and this is Phil Jackson taking over basketball operations for the New York Knicks. One of my most underachieving teams this year are the New York Knicks with the great talent that I think of uh, in Carmelo Anthony. I know uh, Alex goes hard on him, and he just don't like him. He not only don't like him, he despises him, which is kind of close to hate. But that's what it is for him. He's been fired. Um, and I don't think he was a bad coach. I think he just had some clowns around him. You look at the talent that he has. He has uh, Felton, who I thought was a, a pretty good guard over there, uh, J.R. Smith, Stoudemire, Chandler, 
and the um, and Carmelo Anthony running the show. Then they have about one or two guys that can come off the bench and get it done. With that type of talent, and you play in the East, and you couldn't get past an Atlanta Hawks team who is hot right now, I guess that does warrant uh, you being fired. I guess that does warrant if we're going to start, we're going to start with very new with everybody. So Phil Jackson, fire him. If you're the coach that's coming in now, and the conversation about who that coach is right now could be Steve Kerr. Are you going to run the triangle? The triangle is not the end-all, be-all to running the offense. You just got to have the right players to do it. When you ran the triangle, you had Phil Jackson, you had Michael Jordan, and you brought Scottie Pippen into the mix where it works when you got one of the best basketball players ever to play the game. Yeah, that works. The triangle works. Again, it's not the end-all, be-all, in my opinion, as far as offenses go. depends on who's run this offense. You go to the Lakers, you have Kobe Bryant, you have Shaquille O'Neal. Well, it works when you got two of the best every time you coach, when you have two of the best players that ever play the game. The triangle works. So if you're the head coach coming in for the New York Knicks, Steve Kerr, who's never coached on a professional level, never had the head coaching job, he's been a GM. Definitely, we, last time we remember him, he was a GM for the Suns. But he was doing that job from San Diego. So it's no wonder why the Suns never made any real movements as far as personnel or winning games. Are you being brought in to run the triangle? Or can you have carte blanche? Can you run your own offense, whatever that may be? Or do you take that job? I know I personally don't take that job. If I'm the head coach of any team, speaking personally, or if I'm the defensive coordinator of any team, speaking Personally, I'm going to run my defense. Just get out of my way. I can't run your offense. You can't run my defense. Just if you're hiring me, you know why you're hiring me. And maybe Phil Jackson was going to bring. Well, the only name really that I've heard was the Steve Kerr. Then I've heard some commentating on Steve Kerr or heard Steve Kerr talking about well, he's not. You know, he's. It was more of a fifty-fifty. More. I don't want to say my. I am the head coach. When everybody knows he'll probably be the head coach, or who do you bring in? There's a lot of young coaches you can bring in. Um, young, by young I mean sitting on somebody's um, head coach's bench for about five years. When do you get the opportunity to to those guys? Like a Brian Shaw. Brian Shaw would be great, I think, and maybe great's too far, too much of a word. He would be a real pretty good coach. Um, if he could coach the New York Knicks. It's not like he just got out of the game. He's, it's not like he's a Jason Kidd who struggled in the beginning of the season and Jason Kidd, and you, he had to fire some guys. And now we look watching the Brooklyn Nets go into Toronto and win a playoff game. But when you have the right players, you can win those playoff games. When you have a Joe Johnson, when you have a Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, when you have a Darren Williams you can win those games, and you should win those games. Although the better team doesn't win a lot, but when you got a better team with more experience, you should win a 96% of your games. You should win a high percentage of your games. The New York Knicks fire Mike Co- head coach, Mike Woodson. Who do they bring in? Will it be a Brian Shaw? Will it be a Steve Kerr? And are you, are you obligated to run that triangle offense? 
Wouldn't you want to run your own offense? And I don't think that triangle offense is going to keep Carmelo Anthony there. You have to do more by bringing, and I listed a few guys, you have to do more by bringing Carmelo some help. I don't know if Carmelo's the problem or it's just the, the New York Knicks or was it Mike Wilson? I thought Mike Wilson did, did a serviceable job. But when you play in the East and you have that caliber of players, Stoudemire, J.R. Smith, Tyson Chandler, Carmelo Anthony, and you can't even make the eighth seed, well, yeah, it's easy to point the finger at the head coach because he can't get them together. Phil Jackson and the New York Knicks, you probably did Mike Wilson a huge favor. It's not always great losing a job or being fired from a job or not having a job, but you probably did Mike Wilson a, a huge favor so he can get out of that nonsense that the New York Knicks were. A bunch of superstars who did a lot of talking who didn't make the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. That's the team with the Charlotte Bobcats. That's a team with the Atlanta Hawks, Indiana Pacers who underachieves. And I'm going to get to those guys in the next segment. That's a team with the – wow, you, 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 have a lot of, you have a lot of teams over there in the AC that you would have thought the New York Knicks would be one of them. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a quick break. I'm going to come back. I'm going to finish up on the New York Knicks, Phil Jackson, and what's the direction they're going. I get into some playoffs. If you watch the playoffs, Kwame Lassa Sports Talk. I'll be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The Sports Mavericks Show redefines the elite athlete by bridging the gap between parents, athletes, and the community. Host Ida Moyer, a.k.a. the Oprah of Sports, brings to the Voice America Network original programming, balancing the pursuit of academic excellence and sports participation. The Sports Mavericks Show airs every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listeners will be engaged in straightforward talk, spontaneous and unscripted by the experts. Ida and her guests will explore the challenges of success and failure in sports and will help athletes and their parents navigate the transition from high school, college, and then on to the pros. We put fun back into sports and recognize role models in sports through our Sports Mavericks All-Star Award program. Tune in Tuesday evenings at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with Ida Mouillet and the Sports Mavericks Show right here on The Voice. Voice America Sports Channel. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
Welcome back to Kwame Lash with the Sports Talk. We are live on a Monday morning. 888-346-9144 is the number if you want to call in. When I was talking about boxing, I couldn't think of the, the brother's name. It's the Klitschko brothers. I was thinking about heavyweight champions. I was thinking about heavyweight boxing. I was thinking about and talking about when boxing was more exciting to me. When you get to watch somebody like Tyson. When you get to watch a Roy Jones Jr. When you get to watch uh, Mayweather. And maybe it's just the flashiness to come with it. I don't think Mike Tyson was all that flashy. I think he just got in the ring and knocked people out. Black shorts, black, black shoes, and no socks. Just knocked people out. Even though you'll spend a lot of money, pay-per-view, or go to the fights to watch Tyson. And you know it's going to be no longer than a round. Or no longer than 45 seconds. You still paid that money because you wanted to see a good fight. Just got all messed up when promotions came into it. And I think that's what... That's why the boxing world hate Mayweather so much. And this, would, this is one of the reasons why I like Mayweather. I think he does a lot of brash things that he shouldn't have to do. But I like him because he promotes himself. Why would you make more money off me and I'm in there doing all the dirty work as far as fighting and risking my life? So Floyd Money Mayweather promotes himself, makes money off the ticket sales, makes money after beating somebody up, makes money... On the 24-7 HBO. The guy's a businessman. He's not a businessman. He's a business man. If that makes sense. If you can get past that. All right, we're talking about some uh, New York Knicks. I do have a caller on line. I got, one of the, I got a square on the line. Square at the highest level. Uh, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, don't think it's an insult. Morian Walker? From hey, how you doing, Kwame? Not not bad, not bad, man. I was talking um, talking New York Knicks basketball, uh, what they need to do, uh, how you gonna keep Carmelo. And I was also talking boxing, and and uh, man, Bernard Hawkins still fighting. He is still fighting at forty nine years old, when most of us are retired with a beer. The executioner. Executioner, and it, you know, it wouldn't be a bad name if you call him a technician because he doesn't take. You're not able to get a, a hard shot on Bernard. He doesn't take those hard shots. He, he, he'll he throw his in, get his in, and then he'll hold you. He'll get you off him. But he strategized so well. I think if you're 49 years old, you better be, it better be a reason why you still can get in the ring and not be knocked out at 49 years old. Do you watch a lot of boxing? Uh, yeah, I try to get my fair share in. Uh, definitely right now, uh, really looking at what uh money team is doing over there. So, uh, and I heard, uh, you know, you were talking a little bit about the money team and he's, uh, in, he's an entertainer. He's a boxer. He's a businessman. And he's, uh, he's taking it to the, the highest level you can take it to with regards to boxing promotions and being a one man, a one man show who's running it all on his terms. Right. You got, you got to give it up to him, uh, in a sense where, you know, he called himself the money team. People not gonna like him. Well, if you're not making that money, if you're not putting that work in to do that, and you you never understand it. Um, but let me let me ask you, you man, you have a you have a son that's whom I think is outstanding. There's a reason why, you know, all these scouts and these teams uh they have their eye on him. And I like to spotlight kids and and I, I seen him at a camp, man. He wasn't where, where, where he is now is at six foot six one one ninety five. That has well, actually, Kwame, uh, right now he's uh, six one two hundred. Two hundred. So, 
You know, he's uh, putting on the weight gradually, but we're doing it in a fashion to where it doesn't compromise his, compromises his speed. He's able to, to carry it properly, and the speed aspect is not lost. And that's huge, so, and, that's, and that's huge because a lot of kids, uh, they'll go to these GNCs and all these, uh, get all these supplements and stuff and just start putting on the weight and forget that you have to put it on in a certain way. So if you are a fast guy or if you do have whatever your speed is, you don't lose any of that and it comes and it gradually builds with your bo- as your body builds. So it's all, it becomes a natural part of what you do, have to do as a running back, what you do as a, a, in your growth. So that's, that's huge the way he's putting it on. He's 200. He's, shoot, he's my size and when I was in the league. Right, right. Well, yeah, and, um, you know, a lot of things were going on. Right now, for all of the viewers out there, uh, uh, his name is Morian Walker, Jr. Uh, you can visit his website at www.morian, M-O-R-I-A-N, Walker, com. From there, you'll see uh, a picture of the school he's going to, a short bio, his, his last season's highlights. You'll see his uh, Facebook You'll see his Twitter page. You'll see his twenty four seven sports page. You'll see his account link. You'll see his Bibles uh, uh, link. You'll see his ESPN link as uh, a recruiting zone link. So all the information is there. We've been uh, doing a lot of things. More, your, your phone is uh, phone is breaking up. Um, I can hear you now. Uh, he goes to uh, Valley Christian High School. Valley Christian, what was that? The Warriors out in San Jose? Yes, sir. Valley Christian High School out of San Jose. That's a uh, Christian college prep school out in San Jose, California. Playing out of the WCAO League in Northern California. Really outstanding campus facility staff. Just an overall great program. Class of 2016. Um, again, I, I really do uh, get into this stuff. Because I remember when I was a kid in high school, uh, after a game, after Friday night games, the first thing we do Saturday is go to the paper, and I and I think that's it comes with the territory. But I think it's it's good to be spotlighted, or you know, it's good to have your name in ink, and especially when you put all in that work. And you just mentioned all the things he was doing, uh, all the web pages he have, um, and the schools that's that's looking for him. And I know he goes to a lot of camps, uh, which is huge. Because I've I've had some friends that went to one-day camps and got scholarships. But we're talking about Morian Walker Jr., who's who's a junior right now and graduating class of 2016. So it's good that he's out there right now. He's being being, uh, exposed right now as far as college to college scene goes. And and then when you look at him, when you talk about his numbers, you're like, colleges have to see that. They say, well, this guy is 6'1", 200 pounds, and he's a running back. Well, they got to see – they have to see that, and that that right there alone will bring him to the table. Not to mention his stats and everything he's doing, as far as the the um, the words that are put behind it from other coaches and other trainers and and things like that. Um, is there any particular school that he's leaning towards right now as a junior? I know he has to finish high school, but you really have to start thinking about that. And I know you do a good job of keeping him on the um, focus on what's right in front of him now. Well, um, yeah, um, first, um, you know, I thank you for the kind words, but all praise and glory, you know, goes to God, you know, first and foremost. Um, currently, uh, he's looking at a lot of different schools. Um, he's been quite busy on the recruiting trail as of late. Uh, he's took, uh, he's went down the junior day at San Jose State. 
He's done a junior day at Fresno uh, State. He's took an unofficial account. Uh, Coach Ingram and Coach Sonny Dykes have uh, been really wonderful out there. Uh, we went uh, Fresno State and Coach Early. They really like his size and his physicality. Uh, he's also he's took an unofficial just recently to uh, University of Southern California. Coach Sark and his staff was outstanding, beautiful facility. Got a chance to spend, uh, uh, during that same weekend, got a chance to spend a considerable amount of time with UCLA and their staff. Uh, Coach Sean Foster, Coach Palomalo, Coach Mora. Uh, got a chance to attend the spring uh, practice there. And actually, we're headed out there this weekend to the spring game uh, as a guest of the UCLA football team. Um, Purdue's looking at them really heavy. Got a good family friend and a, a former trainer that trained them, Coach uh, Dwayne Carlisle, who's the director of sports performance for Purdue University. Um, you know, he's looking at a lot of different schools. Everybody's open. I think uh, one of the things, and he'll probably, he can best probably tell you this, he's sitting right here, is that uh, just looking for, uh, I think what's big with him is what's big in our household is family. Uh, so finding a good family fit, you know, where the team, the coaching staff is going to be like family first and foremost. The educational component, uh, he's uh, looking to major in the business and economics, finance, or accounting somewhere in that arena. Uh, so pretty much we, we have about 11 or so schools right now that are showing interest. And uh, he doesn't have a clear-cut favorite, although at this point we would have to say UCLA is really standing out. And there's a lot of, uh, there's a good relationship and dialogue going on there. That's love. UCLA, that's right at home where especially uh, it will be. But, but you, you're 100% right. When you're looking at schools and you're looking for schools, you've got to find out. There's a whole lot of things that go in, a lot of intricacies that goes into it. You've got to find a coach who's going to be there, who just signed the contract, who's not thinking of going to this school as a stepping stone. Well, I signed here, uh, and then I get a top player as in uh, Morian uh, Walker Jr. to come here. Then I leave as a coach. That, that puts the – that puts the uh, the student athlete in a bind because you just made a commitment, and he just made a commitment to that university because of the, uh, the relationship, the family, the, um, the the business major that he wants to be, uh, and everything that comes into it. Because it's not just going to a UCLA to say I go to UCLA. It has a lot to do with going to UCLA because the family oriented, and you feel like your son's going to be okay. Uh, not not just the playing time alone, but He's going to get his education. He's going to get his degree out of there. You got California, Purdue, USC, TCU. You got all these schools that's looking at him. But it does come down to where you're going to not just play, but feel most comfortable where you can get your job done. Because worst case scenario, uh, best case scenario, you you know you go there and you finish your four or five years, and you have a degree in education. You can move forward on that. But the icing on the cake is, is he plays at a higher level um, after his collegiate uh, years, with, barring any injuries. Right. And I think, um, you know, first and foremost, I, I'm, a, I'm a father. And I think uh, um, many of the student athletes' parents, whether it be their mother or their father, the football aspect of it is one thing. Then you have the academic and the surrounding and just the nature of athletes to bring them into the program. But when we, as parents, when we as parents, when we, when we take our sons and daughters off to college, we want to make sure we're entrusting these coaches and this staff, you know, to, to, you know, to, to take care of our children because they're going to be that second part of the influence 
to where they can make a positive impact on their lives moving forward into adulthood to where they can be good productive citizens. No, absolutely. In the community. Man. So, uh, you know, we're looking at that a lot. Well, really stuck out with Coach Palomalo. Um, he was at USC formerly, then he moved over to UCLA and took a year off. And uh, I think uh, prior to him accepting the job at UCLA, um, Minnesota Vikings uh, were, was really courting him to uh, coach uh, Adrian Peterson, and he turned him down two times. And one of the things that really stuck out was that he had a, a sophomore in, in high school in Southern California who's a quarterback, and that he wanted to be there for his kids, his family. And he likes Southern California. So that really stuck with us, you know. No, that's uh, that's outside of football. So, oh, absolutely, you know, that's that's huge, man. Uh, before I let you go, man, because I got to go to break, um, but I do want to talk to uh, Maureen at some point. Um, whenever he's uh, available in the show, uh, he can call in and and we get an update, or I check what you get an update on him. But one uh, you, one thing, do you want to talk to him right now? He's right here, or did you want to schedule that for another? Yeah, we'll schedule for another time because I got to go. To, I'm about to go to break. Uh, but I want to do. I, I would add, make sure he's doing that foundational work. Because that's huge when you uh, on your way to college. Well, uh, you know we're, we're tackling everything academically, mentally, physically, spiritually, and in the community as well. So right. it's not just about football; it's a huge component of it. But it's life after football, the relationships you're building, getting that education, and, uh, and, meet, and meeting different people for you know for resources later on down in the life. Absolutely, man. Harmonized Sports Talk, that's Maureen Walker Sr. We will get a chance to talk to his son, uh, Maureen Walker Jr. at some point later on that will be scheduled. But keep an eye on this guy. He's a, a 2016 graduate, um, but a great talent, just a great person all, uh, all together. So uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll come right back. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Hi, I'm Joe Swedish, CEO of WellPoint. We proudly support the March of Dimes and all they do to reduce the rate of premature birth in the United States. Though premature births have recently declined, still half a million babies are born too soon each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs that help moms and their babies live healthier lives. Please visit MarchofDimes.com and join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Welcome back to the Kwame Lassa Sports Talk. We are live here on a Monday morning. It is about 9.33. Uh, we got about one more seg- segment left in the show after this one. Just got off the phone with uh, Morian Walker. Uh, we talked a little bit about his son. Yeah, we talked a lot about his son. 
uh, Morgan Walken Sr., a guy who's uh, 6'1", 200 pounds, runs like a 4'4'5". He's just a junior right now. And every time I see the kid or every time I hear about the kid, he's getting better, he's getting bigger. Um, but one of, the, one of the great things is just it's not about the sport alone. When you're looking for a college, you're looking for a home that, you know, you're going to send your kid off to for probably four to five years. Most athletes go for four to five years, um, especially in the football part of, part of the sport. Uh, so we, we want to spotlight, spotlight him. I do want to get him on the line at some point um, down the road before he gets real busy into um, school and sports and, and all those things that's going to tie his time, most of his time up. Uh, but keep a lookout on for Maureen Walker Jr. at uh, Valley Christian out in San Jose. I think they're the Warriors, if I'm not mistaken. But I think he looked good in that green and gold over at Michigan State. And yeah, Kansas can really use a good running back also. Um, so let me do my part to help him get in that blue and red. Let's get into some basketball. Saturday, the 19th, um, the Brooklyn Nets. Went into Toronto and beat them 94-87. to 87. Joe Johnson scores 24 points to lead that team on the road. He also led him in rebounds. He also led him in assists. But the story, if you, if you watch, if you watch the, the highlights and if you watch the game, you thought it was all about Paul Pierce. And Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett, Kevin Garnett they are there for a reason. They were brought to Brooklyn um, and I believe they went together in that package because Brooklyn, and you have Dern Williams, you have a new coach in Jason Kidd, you have um, Joe Johnson, who still plays at a high level, Kevin Garnett, and Paul Pierce. You do have a a playoff caliber team. You do have a playoff caliber uh, guy that's uh, a team that can win right away. Now, granted, it is the East. I like to talk about my Phoenix Suns being winning 49 games or in, not in the playoffs. They will probably be a third seed if they were in the East, but they're not, and that makes it even more better. That makes it a more tougher opponents. So if you do come out of the West and you have to play one of those East teams, it's not all that bad because you've been through that grind. We talk about the East and the New York Knicks with that t- caliber of team they have, that talent they have. They couldn't even get into the playoffs with eight seed. But you're also talking about Atlanta Hawks team who won 10 out of the last 12 games to, to go on a nice little run. And not only did the Atlanta Hawks do that, the Atlanta Hawks beat the Indiana Pacers, the most underachieving team in the lead, I think. Not that the other teams that didn't make it, on the Chiefs, but that caliber of team and all that talk, and then you get the chance to play at home. You wanted that first seed. You wanted that home court uh, advantage, and you got it. And it's only one game, but you are talking about a hot New York. You are, you are talking about a hot Atlanta Falcons, I mean Atlanta Hawks basketball team, and they go into Indiana and beat the Pacers. I got Deborah Debris online. Hey, Kwame, can you hear me? I can hear you just fine. How you doing? Good, thank you. Uh, we were talking a little uh, talking a little basketball. I did have a a uh, Morgan Walker on earlier uh, last segment. I just could want to spotlight it some spotlight some of these kids. Is you know they have a lot of good things, a lot of positive things going on. Uh, <clears throat> I was talking boxing earlier. <laughs> I didn't watch any boxing, but it was 
it, it was fun. It was fun to see Bernard Hawkins still fighting and winning at the age of 49. Uh, then I talked about the fireman uh, firing of Mike Woodson out of New York, and I think they did Mike Woodson a huge favor. He's the mess that New York Knicks are, are, you know, I don't think a triangular offense is really going to be the, the savior to the New York Knicks if the guys are not buying into their roles. And I think that any successful machine, any successful, successful business, there are roles to play. And if Carmelo's going to be that superstar, then you got to have some more stars around him with that attitude that we'll run the ball through you as long as we win until we're not running the ball through you. So who do you think they're going to bring in to replace him? Carmelo Anthony? Oh, for the, the Knicks? Yeah. It, well, you know, they talked about Steve Kerr. They talked about Steve Kerr while Mike Wilson was the head coach, while Phil Jackson was in Utah, Wyoming, wherever he's, he is on his offseason season. Well, they talked about Kerr being a good fit for, uh, what's his face, um, the for general manager. I'm bringing Kerr in for the GM? Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Just being a good fit as far as personality-wise and those type of things. Yeah, well, <clears throat> he tried that. Well, Kerr has never been a coach, I should say that. He was a GM, and I, to- I mentioned that he was a GM over in Phoenix, but he was he was general managing the team. He was a general manager of a team while he was in San Diego. And so I don't know if that fit Wells. If he's gonna have to be, he's gonna have to be real committed into Phil Jackson. Gonna have to be real strategic in that, and who he brings in, and not because the guy played under him and he knows the triangular offense. And I mentioned this: Do I have to run a triangle under Phil Jackson? Of course, there's different components of the triangle offense, but do I have to run that if I'm the head coach? Can I come in with my own agenda, my own game plan? I understand in bringing. First and foremost, you have to see if you can keep Carmelo Anthony. Because if you can't keep Carmelo Anthony in New York and one of the historical places to play basketball game, Madison Square Garden, who are you going to bring in that's going to fit? Which superstar is going to come there? Kobe's not leaving. Um, and if he, if he didn't, even if he did, he has one or two more years left at a yeah. high level. And that's the thing, they have to fit not only the style of play that they're going to have there, but also the, um, you know, the personalities. You know, we go back to the culture that we've talked about a number of times in the past is, uh, you know, culturally are they going to fit? And does Steve Kerr have enough um, strength, supposedly, to, uh, to work with Phil? Yeah, I, I think it um, maybe restraint. Maybe restraint is a better word because <laughs> if he's a... <laughs> If he's going to – he's not a – I can't say he's not a Pat Riley because Pat Riley kind of took explosions on his wing and, and, and probably coached his guy. I bet you they spent a lot of time together. And then I think – I really think not because they won the championships. I think Spolster over in the Miami is a pretty good coach now. I think he's come from a ball boy to a head coach to a, a, a world champion head coach, an NBA champion head coach. I think that guy's put the work in from day one. So it'd be interesting to see who Phil does bring in and, and if they're going to have the restraint to say, you know, I want to run my offense how I see. And you got to run the offense according to your personnel, the players you have. If you don't have a Carmelo Anthony, what are you going to do to get Carmelo, keep Carmelo? He, he already mentioned that he want to be a New York Nick, but he don't want to go through another losing season. Sometimes you're going to lose, Carmelo. It has a lot to do with who's going to take control of that team. We talked a lot about the Phoenix Suns and 
there was no leadership. Well, you can look at th- those superstars that I thought that was in New York. I still didn't see that leadership. So it was easy to point the finger at Mike Woodson and say you're fired because you had a 43 and uh, 56 or 57 record, whatever his record was, and you didn't win. Come, you didn't come out the East. But I got a lot to do with the selfishness of those players on that team, and you could see some of that selfishness act before at the end of the regular season with the Indiana Pacers, and now you're just not going to be able to go into a playoff and 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 win those games. The residuals of that that the Atlanta Hawks can come coming to your home stadium, home arena, and win. So it'll be interesting to see who Phil brings in and if he's going to let allow him to do run the offense or run the team according to how he see fits. Yeah, it'd be a lot of fun to sit behind some of those closed doors and just listen into some of those meetings. Yeah, and I think that's one of the first things. Those they're gonna have to have a lot of meetings. I mentioned Pat Riley and Eric Sproles. So they're gonna have to have a lot of meetings together to figure out the direction. Uh, even though, you know, Phil people make a lot of they make a lot of talk about Phil Jackson and his eleven rings, but I make that same comment, that same talk about Phil Jackson and Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and Kobe and Shaq. Now you got to have some great players because then you look over to you look you can look on about three or four teams and you still have you have big two guys or big three guys. You you got to have those to win and not and not a lot of those are winning. We looked at the Miami Heat, they got a big 3. I uh, I think they're big two and then their their bench might be a big 3. You look at the uh, New York Knicks, you wonder why why isn't this team winning? Well, that's the thing. When you've got that much, you know, when you've got talent on a team and yet they're not gelling as a unit in order to in order to win uh, or have a winning season, then you know, is that the coach? Is that the upper management? Or is that the individual players? Or a combination of all three? It's a combination of all three, in my opinion. I think if the management doesn't know what they're doing, and you hire a coach, and the coach allows his team to go as far as um, with so much talent, goes as far as not coming together or not bringing them together. Um, I think it's a combination of all all three. Yeah, and I would agree, too, because typically in any type of a leadership uh, from the top down or from the bottom up, any, any way you look at it, in leadership, if things aren't going right, you know what the plan is. Are you working the plan? Right. So if you, if you know what the plan is and you're working the plan and the plan isn't working, then you need to adjust the plan. Yep. If the players aren't working the plan, then it's between player-coach as to, you know, who needs to make the adjustment. But you don't wait until the end of the season to say, oh, yeah, by the way, we're going into playoffs or getting close to playoffs, so let's figure out what we're doing here. You need to be adjusting all the way through. Right. I think um, uh, to, your, to your point, there's a, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of levels to it. You do have to have that leader on the court. And once we're off the court and we go to that sideline, to that bench, then that coach becomes that guy that he can talk to another leader, which will be one of his star players. Um, and not that the other guys are not, but we know um, everyone knows who the guy is. Let's say Chicago Bulls. Michael Jordan's that guy on the floor. When you come to the sideline, Phil Jackson and Michael Jordan can have that conversation, but everybody's involved. with They're in tune with that. All right, when are we off the basketball? We're not having a game. We have practice. Okay, as a head coach, I need to be able to go talk to the general manager. If I'm not the general manager, then I, or I need to go talk to the owner. And so the direction is still the same, um, and the team moves forward in more of a positive and winning way. So I think you, uh, to, your, to your point, you, you're 100% right. They have to be leaders, and they have to be them at all different levels. 
Uh, what we do, we take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll talk some more NBA basketball, finish up the segment, find out what Deborah has got going on uh, before she leaves town. Kwame Lassen Sports Talk, we'll be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Welcome back to the Guam Sports Talk. We are live. Last segment, 888-346-9144. We got Deborah Debris online. Deborah, before we get back to basketball, anything you going on? Uh, just headed out to uh, Baltimore next week. I'm going to be out there all week long just in some uh, business-type seminars and things that I'm attending and being uh, and actually being a part of as well. So that's uh, Plus, I'm going to InfusionCon, which they happen to be a business here in Phoenix. They've got their big conference in town, so there'll be people from all over the country and the world in town for that. What is this about? It's called InfusionCon. It's a type of software that a lot of businesses use, Mm -hmm. Um, and they are a corporation that are here in, I think they're uh, in Tempe, and it's called ICON, I-C-O-N, 2014. They've got some great speakers and such in town as well. Oh, okay. I I think I'm about to go down. A lot of of tripping, going up to Vegas for a couple days into the week for business. You know, I like traveling, but I don't, I don't like being there alone unless I'm maybe on a golf course in the beach. But, uh, you know, right. the last place I was, I was in Dallas, and I, was, I, I, I just felt like I was there too long, but it was for my knees, so it, it was all good. But, <clears throat> yeah, being being gone for a long time or being con- consistently gone, uh, it's, I guess, I guess. It gets old. It gets old, wear and tear on your body. Uh, right. But I do like traveling. I just don't like being gone in longer than three days. Yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah. I like to go do my thing and get home, and if I can throw something fun in while I'm there on somebody else's nickel because it doesn't cost them any more to fly me out and fly me back, then right. that's great. But Even better. Otherwise, yeah. get me home. I need to go. I'm going to Vegas this weekend. I, well, I'm going Friday, but I'm I'm trying to go Thursday. While, while I'm thinking it, I need to get a flight. Going, yeah, I have the, uh, well, I'm flying up 6 o'clock Friday morning. Yeah, it's the NFL alumni meeting. I need to be there. Then i got to come back and i got to do a camp. So it's, I'm only going for one day. I'm only going for the meeting, but I'm only going to the meeting to argue. 
look, this, look, <laughs> look these guys. I'm, we need to talk about transition, dude. I need Trans- to talk. Guys transitioning out of the NFL, and there's some stuff to do there to help these guys to have a more productive life when they get out. These uh, The NFL PA has a transitional program. I actually um, enjoyed it. I actually went to it and had fun with it. It was, it was, I thought it was great. And I, and I come back. And I come back to Arizona and I try to put a, a transitional program uh, for these guys. You know, a lot of these guys in the NFL, they want a lot of things. Because yeah, they've been used to getting a lot of things for free. But, but they want a lot of things free. And they want a lot of things, but they don't want to show up for them. They, right, right. they want them to just bring it to their door. Yep. Bring it to my door. Bring it to my then let me do all that work. Uh, yeah. But there are, there are some transitional. Or I only know of one. Uh, and I can speak on one because I've, I've went to it. I've been to it. And it was fun. Um, I thought it was very, very informative. I thought it was great, so I tried to bring that back. Um, but a lot of guys, you know, about eight of them showed up, and I sent out right. seventy. Uh, I sent about ten emails with seventy-seven of the alumni guys here in town, or at least the ones that are express interest of uh, having a transitional, having something. Because when you play in ball, you bring a lot of a lot of CEOs and all a lot of companies coming to their come into our locker room and ask us can we come talk to their their company and their business but a lot of uh uh football guys you know they don't have they don't ask them what are you doing after football can you come uh would you mind working with us or come doing this they just want to come motivate our workers right uh, when it's time for the nfl the professional guys to come out professional athlete guys to come out then uh it's a whole different ball game so transition program is huge i'm going down to um when I get off the air, when I get off the show, I'm going downtown and meet with this down at the Palomar again and try to set up this program because we have the Pro Bowl here. We have the Super Bowl here. I know the Super Bowl is all booked up, but the Pro Bowl is usually that week before the Super Bowl, so I might try to get some things done um, as far as that's concerned during that week because I think that week is available. So, yeah, you're right, transition program for these guys, but, you know, it, it's a lot of work, a lot of work that uh, they don't want to do. Yeah, which is a shame because, you know, then they end up, you know, broken, unhappy, and everybody and everything, you know, goes away that they've invested so much time and effort to earn. um, And they become, you know, can, not all, obviously, but they can become unhappy campers of uh, not having the skills to go into the real world because things aren't just given to you in the real world. Right. No, exactly. All right, well. We'll stay on top of that, and I think it'll get done. I'm going to put something together out here again. I'm going to keep doing it, but we'll get something done. Um, I watched I watched the game last night, which was a pretty good game, and a pretty good game as far as it made me root for somebody, and I don't like rooting for teams that I just don't care. I don't care who wins, and that was the Portland Trail Blazers and the Houston uh, Rockets game, which was 122-120 Portland wins that game. Um, and Aldrich has a, you know 46 points before he falls out, 18 rebounds. Uh, Lillard had five assists. Who Lillard is second year in the league. This guy plays with ice in his veins. He's just cold, cold blooded. He has a lot of game winners. And I figured even if Aldrich was in the game, then the ball would have to go through him because he. And I watched this game and I just waited for Dwight Howard. I waited for him to take over. I waited for uh, James Harden to take over. Uh, but none of these guys is. Everybody wanted to be the star. I, I looked at Jeremy Lin driving to the basket, taking ill-advised shots. That was a good game last night because it made me root for one of these teams twice, I, I should say, in one in one game. Uh, but the, you know, that's a team that went on the road and beat the Houston Rockets. Another team 
Uh, a lot of these teams that went on the road, they won. I, I, I tell you, the, a lot of the um, Atlanta Hawks went on the road, they won. The Brooklyn Nets went on the road and they won. The Golden State Warriors went on the road and they won. Uh, and the first first round of the playoffs or the first games of the playoffs, the only team that won at home was the Oklahoma City Thunder. So I, that's really not too much for the home field advantage because now those teams that went on the road and won, now they have home court advantage. Um, and you and you watch the turn, the ties turn. So, well, and that's the thing. Just winning on the road is a big deal because now you can prove to yourself that you can win on the road. Yeah. Um, so the more they can do that, especially when they get into playoff situations, that can feed into their um, momentum going forward as well. Right. The uh, the the um, uh, Wizards beat Chicago on the road. Um, the only the teams that um, I, we just got finished talking about Portland. They went on the road. Miami beats the Bobcats. And the Bobcats are a team that, you know, we rarely, we rarely talked about this year. But they found their way into around, around the fifth seed of the uh, playoffs. Or well, what was it? Might have been the seventh seed of the playoffs having to play Miami Heat. But uh, Miami went, wins that game. Um, uh, LeBron James has 27 or 20, what, 28 points, something like that. Um, Wade in assists, led the team in assists. But Wade was more... Uh, intricate part of the game because he were playing while LeBron James and Chris Bosh set out for about a week to rest up. Uh, <laughs> and I say rest up because they only missed about three games. But Dwayne Wade missed about 30 games this year just resting up. So I don't know if, <laughs> what what happens when this team breaks apart or with the salary cap, uh, you, you can't keep all three of them again. It's just not going to happen. Uh, will Wade be willing to take that pay cut? To even keep that dynasty, that team going in a uh, dynasty way, right? And then if not, what does that do to the synergy? You know? Yeah, well, they 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 could be good as done. They could be good as done. The Spurs handled their business against the Dallas Mavericks. I think they beat the Dallas Mavericks ten times in a row. They, they 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 that's the advantage of having home court to a veteran team, I should say, because a lot of those um a lot of those guys uh, that had home court, they really weren't that much of a veteran team like the Houston. They young veterans. I'm talking about some old crafty veterans like like the San Antonio Spurs. They go into, they um, d- host the Dallas Mavericks and beat them about about five points. Or the Chicago. Now you look at Chicago, and I'm just thinking, where's that offensive power? We got a minute left. That offensive power and D Rose. If he come back, does that happen? But you you're looking at a lot of uh, um, don't Washington Wizard guys that play at a high level. So, yeah, I agree. When you're, you know, you can play at that high level and keep it motivated. I mean, that's gonna, it's gonna mean so much as they go into these playoffs. And these guys are just, um, I don't know. It's just exciting to watch. It's exciting. I, I even watched. I'm kind of changing paths here a little bit, but even some hockey uh, over the weekend. And holy man, it was um, exciting and frustrating at the same time to see what was going on, especially with the Blackhawks, which of course Chicago was my original hometown. Right. Um, but I love when we get to the playoffs with any of the sports because you start seeing who's going to come forward and who's going to fall off and uh, not be able to play under that pressure. Well, Oklahoma City Thunders and uh, Memphis Grizzlies play tonight. The uh, Golden State Warriors and the Clippers game will follow that, so I'm going to find me a nice little place to watch that game, have me a beer or two. That's right, I said it. We got we got to go. Unfortunately, we got to go. Uh, but we'll talk some more basketball, get into some baseball. We didn't even talk about the fight of the baseball fight or the cheap shots or fighting oh, yeah. a battle that wasn't even his. Um, but we'll come back 
talk a little bit more of that tomorrow. Kwame Lasha Sports Talk Talk. Deborah Debris is on the line. Uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.